Hello, this is Congressman Jim Clyburn, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Clyburn Chronicles. I have always been a lover of history. I see this platform as a way to connect history with the politics of today. This is so important because as Judge Santiano once said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Each episode, my guest and I will have a conversation about the lessons of the past, the politics of the present, and how we must learn from those experiences to help shape the future. Thank you for taking time to listen, and welcome to Clyburn Chronicles. Well, thank you very much. Let me uh, welcome uh, to Clyburn Chronicles uh, uh, a young man who I have gotten to know very well, uh, Congressman Ro Connor from California's 17th Congressional District. Uh, Congressman Connor is here, uh, here today to discuss with us uh, something that's very near and dear to me, and that is rule broadband access, what we can do to get community, rural communities connected uh, to the internet. If there's anything uh, that has been exposed uh, with this pandemic, it is the fact uh, that low-income communities, rural communities, are in many instances so isolated, they cannot take part and what is going on all around them. Rokana uh, is a member of the Rural Broadband Task Force uh, that we put together about a year ago. And he brings uh, to that uh, group experiences from his congressional district. He comes from a congressional district that's not rural, but that district, uh, the businesses in it, uh, or critical uh, to us making broadband accessible and affordable uh, to rural America. I'm so pleased to have him with us today uh, to talk to us a little bit, not just about those things that he's been experiencing as he traveled around. He's going in and out of states like West Virginia, uh, making assessments, looking at what needs to be done, interacting with people, making sure Whatever we do, we do it in concert with these communities that will benefit. Also, often we have people <clears throat> who know what's good for people, but never listen uh, to people's dreams and aspirations. He's been doing that, and I appreciate him so much for doing so. So, uh, Ro, thank you so much for being here, uh, and please uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, about what you feel, what you see, what you think we can do uh, to make broadband accessible and affordable for all Americans. Majority Whip Clyburn, first, uh, thank you for having me on uh, your podcast and thank you for your incredible leadership. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about broadband access for years and years and years. You actually uh, pulled together 
uh, our entire caucus and said, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to get all the stakeholders uh, to come up with a bold plan. Uh, and the legislation that you're going to uh, unveil is going to finally uh, guarantee every American the right to internet access. I mean, I can't believe that we're even talking about this. I wish they had done what you're talking about today 20 years ago, uh, but we're seeing the stories. I mean, on the one hand, people are having to drive miles and miles and miles in their cars uh, just to get access to the internet. Uh, some kids are having to be uh, in parking lots uh, to be able to do uh, their homework. Uh, someone told me this sobering statistic, then fewer than 20% uh, of African-Americans or Latinx Americans uh, actually are doing online work. So while some of us are doing uh, online work, that opportunity uh, has not been there for many communities. And there are a lot of things we need to do to have greater tech equity, digital equity. Uh, you know, one of the things, one of my heroes, I mean, I have great admiration for you. Another one of my heroes, John Lewis, once said to me, you know, our technology rights are the new civil rights. And I actually really believe that. I mean, our uh, racial wealth gap has been increasing since 1980, partly because all the IPOs and all of the wealth creation has excluded a, a lot of communities. And to me, uh, getting people high-speed internet access is just the bare beginning. I mean, we got to do a lot more, but at least let's do that. And China is doing that. I mean, they're going to hook up 99% of their country to the internet. So why why can't we? I think we can. <clears throat> you know, my dad just said to me all the time, son, where there's a will, there's a way. And all we need to do is to develop the will. And there's a way to do this. Uh, we did that. We've done this before. Uh, I remember from my studies what it was like uh, all across this country, especially in rural America, when people did not have electricity. I often tell the story of the book, the tabletop book uh, that was written uh, by the co-ops uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary uh, of rural electrification. Well, uh, the name of that book was The Next Greatest Thing. <laughs> and the reason they called it that is because one night in a rural Tennessee church, a man stood up and testified to the congregation. Brothers and sisters, he said, I want to tell you something. The greatest thing that one could have is the love of God in his heart. And the next greatest thing is electricity <laughs> in your house. And that, to me, uh, tells it all. I believe that today, in the 21st century, the next, next greatest thing is Internet access in every home. That, to me is what is going to make healthcare deliverable uh, to everybody. That's what's going to make education, learning, if you please, deliverable to everybody. This pandemic that we are experiencing has ripped the scab off a sore that you and I know has been there for a long, long time, and people have just been talking about it. Not honestly believe it's because people really didn't know the depth uh, of uh, this problem. But they're now seeing it. And I think that that is why you and I are going to have to work uh, with the uh, innovators in this country 
and we got to get the resources available. $86 billion will build out internet, uh, the internet to every American uh, in this uh, country. And that's what we got to do. There's not a place where we don't have electricity. And all these co-ops, they've got the right of way already. All we got to do is put the fiber uh, out there on those poles that they already have. And, and it takes money. But what is the cost if we don't do it? That's what we got to do. I think one of the things, Majority Whip Clyburn, that is so innovative about <clears throat> your bill and why you've gotten the whole caucus behind it, from people like me in Silicon Valley to those representing rural districts uh, and across the diversity of our caucus, is it, it focuses on three basic points. One, you've gotten, you're saying I'm agnostic. If, if the private sector can do a good job, great. If cities can do a good job in building the broadband, great. If nonprofits or co-ops can, great. Uh, our point is, uh, let's have a public-private partnership to get the internet built. And so much of the past has been tied up on, oh, should the private sector do it or should the public sector do it? And you say, look, every everyone should do it. Your point is, let's make sure that we get the internet there. And the second thing I think that distinguishes your approach from a lot of other approaches is you're not just focused on getting the uh, internet built. You're saying it's got to be affordable. What's the point if Absolutely. people are going to get charged an arm and a leg for access and people aren't going to have that access? You're saying it's got to be high-speed internet, but it's also got to be affordable uh, for most Americans. And finally, the jobs that are going to be created from this uh, proposal. I mean, when uh, rural electrification took place or when we built our highways, that was millions of jobs. We can put a lot of people back to work uh, expanding our, our broadband. And $86 billion is a lot. But when you say it's a little more than 10% of our defense budget, well, then that puts things in perspective. I think most people believe that it's in our national security and our interest to have this country hooked up to the high-speed internet. Uh, and I think it's worth 10% of our defense budget. You're exactly right. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up about the interstate highway system. You know, uh, when the internet first came upon us, I used to hear people call it all the time, the information highway. It's the information highway. And so I said to quite a few people starting several years ago, if it is the information highway, why don't we treat it like the infrastructure that we have for our highways, our inter, uh, interstate highways. So let's make it a part of infrastructure. And I'm very pleased uh, that now everybody on both sides of the aisle uh, and the president that told us in that first meeting we had with him, that he gets it. He thinks that whatever infrastructure bill we move, that broadband has to be a significant part of it. And I think that's so important uh, because our children are now studying in parking lots, as you mentioned earlier, of the libraries, the local libraries, in the uh, uh, fast food uh, places. These children have now lost a half year of school. I just saw a report here in South Carolina a couple of days ago uh, that too many children, I forgot the number, will not be allowed to go to the next grade because they did not uh, successfully uh, pass their last qualifications to move on to the next grade. 
because they did not have online learning. And the students who came out of school were able to do online learning. They have qualified to move on. Those students who were not connected to the internet did not have online learning. They're not gonna be able to mix their next grade. What does that mean if we should have a return uh, of this virus that everybody thinks uh, may come back? Not everybody, but a lot of people say we'll come back in the fall. Do we allow them to miss a second year of school? Come on. It's time for us to get serious about this. And there are some things we can do immediately. The FCC, as you know, they, uh, the, uh, the auction is out there. There are billions of dollars available right now. And in our HEROES Act, uh, we put in language to say to the FCC, spend that money out, committed by June 30th, so we can start the ball to roll it, rather than spread this out for the next two or three years. So we can do some things uh, right away. I'm hopeful that we can get bipartisan legislation moving independent of the HEROES Act. I don't know how long it'll take us to get the HEROES Act uh, fully implemented, but let's not wait for that. Let's take that piece out and do something immediately to get broadband out here. So by the time school opens back up, they can. Many of these kids can be uh, getting educated online uh, by the end of the year. All right, Kim, well, that's well said, Majority Cliff Clyburn. And you know, I would hope this would be bipartisan. I mean, for all of the administration's focus on China, you would think. You, that one way we would compete with them is making sure all our kids can get educated online, that all our businesses can be online, that we don't lose out uh, technologically to them. And they're putting their money in uh, hooking up all of their 1.2 billion people onto high-speed internet. I mean, if they can do it, certainly we can get uh, 330 million Americans uh, hooked up to the high-speed internet. So I agree with you. I think this should be the easiest bipartisan push in uh, getting at least this effort part of uh, uh, happening before before the fall. And as you know, I mean, Mignon uh, did such great work uh, at the FCC uh, on Mignon Clyburn. Your, your daughter was there for a few years, and she was dealing with tech equity and, and making sure that the digital revolution, the technology revolution, that we don't make the same mistakes that we made with the industrial revolution. Because let's be blunt, I mean, the the New Deal uh, left certain people behind, and the Industrial Revolution benefited the country, but it didn't benefit all different communities. And so don't you think we should have learned that lesson and make the point that this technology revolution that we're having should be inclusive so that every part, we don't have a person to write off to, to create uh, the wealth of the future. And I will say I was so humbled with Tim Ryan to come visit your district. You know, everyone goes to your district with a fish fry every four years. But we it wasn't as busy. And, uh, you know, some concrete things. I, I just say this because people should know how forward-looking you are. Your staff has been working with us in Claflin and South Carolina State uh, to create certain internships uh, with Zoom and White Rabbit. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, President Obama talked about Zoom calls on, on his commencement for HBCUs. But wouldn't it be great if Zoom actually started partnering and creating jobs uh, with, with HBCUs? And so your staff has just been wonderful. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, uh, well, the, um, the fact of the matter is, I always say that if you really want to get to know 
what to do and how to do it, talk to the people who've had the experiences with it. And when you uh, have people who are using this equipment uh, and they can share with you uh, the impact that it's having on their lives, uh, that's what makes it very, very important. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, we've been working on in rural communities have been uh, community federally qualified uh, community health centers, uh, trying to build those out. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing with Bernie Sanders, we've been working on this since 2009. Uh, our goal has been to try to put a community health center, a federally qualified community health center within commuting distance of everybody in the country. Uh, I think that's important. That's the ultimate safety net for people to have. But what will make those centers effective and efficient is for all those centers to be connected uh, via the internet. That, to me, will make those centers, uh, make healthcare, uh, telehealth as we call it, uh, available to everybody. Have those centers wired connected uh, to teaching hospitals all around. I've seen what that can do uh, with having what we like to call right now testing. If we had uh, mobile uh, vehicles going throughout rural uh, America doing the testing, and then we had the internet so that people can have digital tracing, and then we can do the kind of isolation, effective isolation, it's going to take that for us to get rid uh, of this virus. And so broadband is going to be a critical part of what we do with this so-called new normal, because it's never going to get back uh, to what it was last year this time. It's going to be a new environment for all of us. I appreciate that, uh, Majority Leader Clyburn. And, uh, I, uh, as you know, spent time with Bernie Sanders, and there are two things he would talk about all over the country. One, the work you did on uh, community health centers. And it's so important to realize, and I realize this just uh, hearing him talk, is this is not just an issue that affects uh, African-American communities. It affects a lot of uh, rural white communities uh, uh, across the nation. And the fact is that these communities uh, have been deprived of basic healthcare centers, healthcare facilities. Okay. And your legislation uh, and the work you did would provide uh, healthcare access to everyone, and even in communities with, with small towns. And I think the, the access to high-speed internet would make those community health centers effective. And they could deal with uh, very complex cases and have support uh, through the, the high-speed internet. And the other thing you used to talk about and everyone talks about all the time was your 10, 20, 30 plan. I, it's, it's complex jargon, but it's actually really simple. It just says communities that have been left behind should get more of the resources. And, uh, you know, you think about that. And that, again, is not something that would have just helped this country uh, in, in minority areas. It would have helped this country in so many parts of uh, uh, the heartland and that saw deindustrialization, places like Youngstown and Tim Ryan's district. And I Absolutely. wish... I wish we just did these simple things that your agenda, you know, create community health centers, create universal broadband, create resources and places left out. It seems such common sense to me that you've had prosperity in some places and we want to bring prosperity to places that have been left out. And I just, uh, because I don't know what 
what got caught in the, the earlier part, I want to just commend your staff because they've been such a pleasure to, to work with on the three things they've been partnering with us since we had the opportunity to visit your district on the partnership with Claflin and South Carolina State with, with Zoom and White Rabbit. And I'm, I'm hoping something very concrete soon comes out of that, but also on their initiative on the last mile, which is this great program that uh, trains uh, uh, prisoners, previously incarcerated folks to have tech skills. And, uh, you know, there are people who know far more than me about the incarceration issue. But I do know this, when you're out of jail, you, you need a job, you need an opportunity. And, and uh, you know, I think you're helping model your staff and team what, what is the possibility uh, for communities around this country. That's right. And thank you so much for bringing up the 1023. Once again, you know, uh, it, it, if you remember, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, in the campaign talked about 1023 as a possible way to address the whole issue of reparations, because yeah. uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, and it's so simple, uh, we, don't, we didn't do the classification. The Census Bureau has said that any community where 20 percent or more of the population been stuck within uh, under the poverty level for the last 30 years. They call that a persistent poverty community. And all we say with our legislation is simply this. We need to spend at least 10% in those communities where 20% or more of the populations been stuck beneath the poverty level for 30 years. That's where the 10, 20, 30 comes from. We did that in a little portion of the 2009 Reinvestment Act, uh, the Recovery and Reinvestment Act. We put it in four accounts. It worked famously. 4,600 uh, projects got funded. People wow. got water systems that they never got before. In fact, 102030 was used by Orangeburg County when it started to build out uh, its broadband. And so it is so simple to do. Uh, and I think that we now have it, as you know, in 15 accounts uh, of the Appropriation Act, uh, and I'm just hopeful uh, that we can do more of that. And here's the interesting thing about that. I tell people that say, well, that's, no, 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 this is all about the communities. If you go down to Kentucky or to where you've been traveling over in West Virginia, these are white communities. Yeah. These are black communities. If you go down to, uh, say, New Mexico, uh, out to Arizona, they're brown communities. Even Alaska, uh, they're Native Americans. And, and so this is to say, all you do to benefit is be in a community where 20% or more of the population is stuck. Uh, for the last 30 years, under the poverty level for the last 30 years. That's all it is. There's no respect of color, uh, no respect uh, of anything other than we want to put the money where the need is. And so that's what we're trying to do with that. And thanks for bringing that up, because 10, 20, 30, I think, uh, is something that we need to really get serious about uh, in the next Congress. I think one of the things I respect about you, Majority Whip Clover, is probably because you have the experience, is your agenda is actually fairly common sense. And it's something that I think people across the aisle and across this country can get behind. I mean, there's so much division in our politics and so much uh, animosity. But if we could just agree and say we want to 
provide high-speed internet for everyone. We want to make sure that we have community health centers, everyone can get healthcare. These communities that have seen manufacturing leave and have been hollowed out and have poverty, we want to invest in them and build them up so that they can participate in the 21st century economy. I mean, who who could be opposed to that? I mean, that's those are the basic things that I think even good faith Republicans would want to get behind. And they, they cross racial lines, they can cross party lines. And you know, that's that's why some of us came to Congress. We want to do something for the country. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that some of these ideas can can get traction and actually become law because I think the that's how we build our country's future. Yeah, thank you so much. That is absolutely correct. Uh, we never would have been able to get uh, 10, 20, 30 into all these appropriations bills uh, if Paul Ryan, uh, the former speaker, uh, he adopted it when he was uh, chair of the budget committee before he became speaker. He asked me to come before his budget committee one day uh, to talk about this 10, 20, 30 business. Uh, Harvard University, uh, their uh, journal on legislation, uh, asked me to do an op-ed piece for them, which I did. Uh, and it, it kind of caught on. People see it as a way for us to really address these needs, these pockets that, as you mentioned earlier, we were left out of the New Deal. Uh, what we need to do now is create a better deal uh, for everybody. And so I think that that's what we're trying to do. And thank you so much for being a part of it. I, I know that I've tested you a little bit and Technology will not all it could be today, uh, but I'm hopeful uh, that you and your constituents they will hurry up and get this uh, <laughs> fixed for all of us. Because uh, down, down here in rural South Carolina, uh, we're dependent on you guys uh, to help us get connected, connected to the rest of the world. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for your friendship, for the contributions you make to the con country uh, through your service in the Congress. And I look forward to us uh, making this a, a better world for all to live in. If you have any closing comments, uh, I'd like to hear them. Well, Majority Whip Clyburn, thank you. It's been a, a great uh, honor to, to be working with you and, and to be uh, on your program and to be working with uh, your team. I, I would just uh, uh, say that uh, I'm biased because I'm the representative for Silicon Valley, but my view is our highest priority right now. Uh, other than the testing and contact tracing, ought to be to pass your bill to give every person in this country access to affordable high-speed internet. Uh, we're going through a technology revolution in this country like we went through an industrial revolution. And the question, in my view, is, uh, is everyone going to benefit or are we going to leave people behind? And I think our task is to make sure everyone benefits. And that's okay. been the work you've done. And uh, I just credit you again to bring a caucus together. It's not easy and to bring everyone, everyone's rowing in the same direction. We're all behind this and I hope it can get done this year. So thank you for your leadership and thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clyburn Chronicles. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a comment and don't forget to subscribe to my show wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I'm Congressman Jim Clyburn.